So you're watching all of these videos and you're going, yes, mm, yeah, that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's good. Wait a minute. He keeps talking about triggers. What's a trigger? I don't know what a trigger is. A gun is a trigger. Is that kind of thing? Is that sort of thing? Is it the trigger that happens when my mother-in-law steps into the room and she just starts talking to me and I get triggered and I want to just kill things? This is what a trigger actually is. Hello and welcome to today's video. My name is Guy and we're talking about triggers. Now, over the last couple of episodes of this uh, channel, we've been talking about triggers. We've been saying, well, this triggers that and that triggers this and the next thing. But what exactly are triggers and how exactly do they work and how can we use them exactly to make sure that we're exactly right? Well, um, let's let's understand what triggers are. There are three types <clears throat> Three types of triggers, in my opinion, as far as uh, we need to be concerned. And the first type is a plot trigger. Now, this is the obvious one. This is what we have been working on for the last couple of weeks in terms of the videos, is creating a whole bunch of triggers. The assassin kills the king, the wyvern burns down the tavern, etc., etc. In the particular example we're doing today, the PCs are fighting centaurs. The trigger will be that once the PCs have fought the centaurs, the centaurs take them captive and take them to the centaur king. So they can learn that there's a whole big plot that we have worked out and that's not actually the plot. And then they go from there and da 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 da, da. All right. So that's great. That's brilliant. So we trigger this thing, <clears throat> except that it starts to then go very, very pear-shaped because instead of them actually losing to the centaurs or giving up to the centaurs, they fight to the death and everyone is killed. That was an absolutely awful encounter. It triggered. You did the right thing. The plot trigger was absolutely fine. But then the result was not what you were expecting. So how could you have changed that? Well, you could have done a time trigger. Now, time triggers are kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's why this is part of your weapons of GMing. Time triggers are all about something that happens at that particular moment that is unexpected random acts of the universe so whilst the pcs have triggered the fight with the centaurs and they're busy fighting the centaurs and losing horribly the time trigger could be the arrival of the centaur king who then begs for everyone to stop fighting that's a trigger you caused it to happen it wasn't part of your initial plan but instead of being bound by your plan of they fight the centaurs and then they get taken to the centaur king you now are just going they're fighting the centaurs they're losing to the centaurs i need something to happen so so I'm going to trigger something to actually happen. And that's what you do, is you basically trigger something to happen based on time. The third type of trigger is the PC trigger, and this is perhaps a bit of a contentious one. It's not exactly what you might say is um, politically correct, but it's figuring out what is going to trigger your PC, and by PC I really mean what's going to trigger your player. So your player is someone who wants to go on adventures, they want to do stuff, but they might have certain bugbears, certain things that you know that if you poke as the GM will get them to do stuff. So it could be a mystery and by giving them just a little bit of the mystery they're gonna follow it to its dying day it could also be that it's just about hurting the pc and that gets the character to to want to engage finding out what triggers our pcs are absolutely important it means that we can have a more engaging experience. We can figure out, oh, well, I know this PC likes a good puzzle, so I'm going to throw in a puzzle, and that will keep them engaged for a long time. It will be a subtle form of guiding the journey in which they go. So what do we do? What do we need to know in terms of triggers? Well, 
what you need to know what is going to happen next i mean that does go without saying and you are the only person who knows what's going to happen next by the way the pcs have no clue what's coming they have a lot of expectations they have a lot of ideas of what should happen next but only you know what's coming next which means only you get to decide what happens next that's part of your job when we talk about the columns of the gm the three pillars of the gm you are quite quite responsible for the plot and the plot is a series of triggers and events so when something triggers an event you're responsible for the event as a result the central king arriving and begging for peace so that there was a misunderstanding and that he actually needs their help and they thought they were attacking rather than just walking through the forest etc etc the the decision of the king to do that is your choice you are choosing to do that event it's not the pcs who choose that it is you you presented to the pcs and the pcs might decide to continue the fight in which case kill them to the last or they might decide to talk or they might decide to run away or they might decide to turn into birds and fly into the sky it doesn't matter you have created a trigger you have pulled that trigger and you will see where it goes you're not controlling the story you are controlling the trigger and the events now you are also the only person who can trigger an event. The PCs will take actions. They will do things. They will do all kinds of wonderful things. But it is only in response to what you are triggering. Now, if you leave a bunch of PCs in a room with nothing, they will talk for a while and then they will start looking for triggers. They will be trying to trigger an escape. They will be trying to trigger a secret door. They will be trying to trigger anything other than just sitting in this very boring room. PCs are going to act accordingly. So if the party has slowed down, it's because you are not triggering things. You are not giving them the opportunity to react to those triggers to cause events to come into place. It's a very, very, very simple concept. You give them something, you trigger something to happen, whether it's because of time, night falls. That's a trigger. You have chosen that to happen. You control space and time. You are that powerful. Night falls. Oh, that triggers the PCs to pull out torches or it, pull, it triggers the PCs to activate their dark vision and that allows them to see these strange creatures that only can be seen by dark vision. Whatever the situation might be, you are the one who's triggering it. So it's very, very important that you understand the power of triggering and GMs who don't trigger things, GMs who cause the same situation to remain are generally GMs who get accused of being quite boring. Well, the session was a little bit slow today and the GMs go, well, it's, you didn't make any decisions. PCs will be motivated to make decisions based on triggers. If you give them the same information multiple times or if you don't give them an opportunity to actually trigger, they're not going to do it. They might go looking for plot, but that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Now, the other important thing is that just because you've triggered it doesn't mean that the PCs are going to react to it. Bear that in mind. So you trigger this major centaur attack to happen in the forest and the PCs look up and they go, well, we surrender. Oh, but that was supposed to cause the event of combat. Um, you can't surrender. What? No, of course they can surrender. Does it trigger the event of combat? No, it does not. Could you use the PC triggers to cause the event of combat? Well, yes, you could if you really wanted to have combat. If you feel that that's what you need for your pacing, the Centaurs could try and goad the PCs into combat. You could figure out, well, 
I know the player of the Barbarian particularly doesn't like it when I'm snarky towards the PC, so I'm going to have a centaur, because I can, have them uh, have a snarky response to the PC. Uh, well, of course you surrendered. You're so weak and pathetic. You couldn't possibly fight against us. And now we're going to tie you up and strip you naked and throw away all of your equipment. The PCs are going to fight. They're going to get involved. And so the event triggered. They didn't react to it. You could trigger it further by using the PC trigger. If you really, really, really wanted to. But don't force it. Don't force it. Please don't force it. If your PCs don't want to fight, register that and realize, okay, great. All that is now triggering is a journey to the king. On the way, though, because I want combat to happen, I might have some orcs attack, and that will trigger the PCs to defend themselves and fight with the centaur, which will actually help me when they reach the king. So the story actually ends up being stronger as a result of the first trigger not actually happening. The other thing is, is that once you have triggered something, it is difficult to untrigger it. This is an important thing to bear in mind, is that you might have a time trigger. Night has fallen. You can't now say, and then it's sunrise again. And the pieces go, whoa, whoa, hang on. During the night, I want to do a whole bunch of stuff. You triggered the event of night. You must now live with it and move forward. Again, back to those pillars. You control everything, but you don't actually control everything. Once you have let it loose, it is loose. The cat is out of the bag, as they say, and you must now deal with that by triggering more things. If in the night you don't want anything to happen, you don't trigger anything. The PCs, oh, I look for enemies. You, that's a quiet night nary a bird in the sky tweets and then the pieces are gonna go the birds are all quiet that must mean that there's someone in the forest we're gonna go to the forest you spend the fruitless night searching through the forest but you find no sign of the enemy whatsoever guess what you've just triggered the fact that there's no one around their camp so how then are you going to have the centaurs attack them in the morning at dawn you've just untriggered your own trigger so why? So, so that's why it's so important to understand how triggers work and to use them as a tool. But I, 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 when I was learning how to use triggers and going, okay, well, this happens and that happens and this happens and that happens. Oftentimes I would pull the trigger and go, no, wait, you can't get the, it doesn't come back. You now have to learn to adapt and to grow with it. So l using your triggers wisely is the sign, I think, of a great GM. Anyway, enough from me on triggers. What do you use? What do you call the thing that happens, the event, the, the thing that causes the event to happen? I call them triggers. Let us know down in the comments below. What do you call them? Until next time, however, I wish you and yours the very happiest of gaming. A complete guide to nautical campaigns available now from our website at www.greatgamemaster.com is, as far as I'm concerned, the ultimate guide to creating nautical campaigns. Now, this is the hard copy, which you can now get from our website, and it is 150-odd pages of rules, beautiful illustrations from top artists from all over the world, as well as dozens and dozens, over 30 as a matter of fact, of ships that you can use in your game. But that's not all. If you order now, we'll also, as a matter of fact, there is more that you can get with this. So aside from getting the book itself, all of the maps, courtesy of Dungeon Fog, are available from their website free, as a matter of fact. Head on over to DungeonFog.com right now, and you can get all of those battle maps featured in the book. That's 30 battle maps 
of various different types of ships. You can also download them from our own website here, as well as a set of order cards. Oh, look at that illustration done by an award-winning artist based in Tokyo. Just amazing renditions of all of these ships. There's crew rules, there's ship rules, there's all sorts of optimizations to make your game that much better. And then there are the order cards. Now, we also have them available as a printable PDF, or you can order them online as a set of beautifully printed cards. That link will be available shortly as uh, the cards take a little bit of time to print, but come out looking absolutely beautiful. So these are the hard copy of the cards. Otherwise, you can get your own version if you're not ready and willing to wait and print them yourself. So that's a complete guide to nautical campaigns. It's based on 5th edition rule sets and is guaranteed to make your ship combat, whether it's above or below the waves, that much more enjoyable. Head on over to our website to order your copy as uh, soon as you can or as soon as you need it, really. I'm not very good at this kind of stuff. Nonetheless, everybody who's got the book so far has said that it's absolutely brilliant and that everyone else should buy it. And that's the absolute truth. <laughs>